Welcome to Cat Chat, brought to you by Dr. Elsie's Precious Cat, privately owned by Dr. Elsie, a feline-only veterinarian whose personal mission has been to formulate a wide variety of litters for all types of cats, so they keep using their litter box, which keeps them in their loving homes. Dr. Elsie has also created clean protein, wet and dry foods that are specifically appropriate for a cat's nutrition needs. I'm Tracy Hotchner, the author of The Cat Bible, everything your cat expects you to know. My mission is to entertain, educate, and inspire cat lovers like you to give your kitty cats the best possible life in nutrition, affection, and environmental enrichment. Often sharing my conversation with feline expert Dr. Michael Maria Delgado, along with other cat authors and experts. Dr. Elsie's is also the founding and continuing sponsor of my New York Cat Film Festival, which brings together short films from around the world that celebrate kitty cats. The festival premieres every fall in New York City and then travels to theaters across America and Canada, with a portion of every ticket going to local cat welfare organizations with the support of Dr. Elsie's. Dr. Michael Maria Delgado is here to save the day as usual and educate all of us, myself included. Last week, I talked to Maria, who has the 13-year-old cat that was peeing and sometimes pooping various places all around the house, especially on area rugs and by the front door. And then it was disclosed that her litter box situation seems to be probably the big, shiny, flashing neon light of what's of what's wrong with this picture from the cat's perspective. Dr. Michael, what did you think when, when you read about, you, you didn't listen to my conversation with, with her on purpose so that, you know, you could come with your fresh view. And often we have similar ideas, but yours, you know, can often take a twist and a turn with your expertise for more refinement even than what I can bring to it. Sure. Yeah. And, and I do like to explain to people, too, kind of like the process that I use when I'm helping someone with a litter box problem is, you know, I have a very extensive um, intake form. I ask people for maps of their home, where the litter boxes oh. are, where the cat is eliminating instead, and where the cat's resources are. So I can kind of get a bird's eye view of the environment, even if I can't be in their home. And I always have a lot of questions about the litter box how often it's cleaned, what kind of litter is in it, what style of litter box it is, where it is, how easy it is for the cat to access. And, you know, I'll spend at least an hour with my clients um, going over, you know, kind of ruling out um, different hypotheses about what is causing the behavior problem, why the cat is avoiding the litter box. And I know that um, Maria took her cat to the veterinarian, which is always the yes. most important first step is um, making sure that the cat does not have any um, urinary health issues. And hopefully they also checked for other potential problems because the cat's 13. Yes, um, good so point. In that case, I would always recommend a full blood panel um, to rule out any chronic health problems, um, possibly um, issues with arthritis. I don't know if the cat is declawed, but that can also be a problem for for some cats. Um, and maybe even taking a video of the cat walking around the house uh, typically so that the veterinarian can assess whether the cat has any mobility issues because the the big red flag for me with this was the four litter boxes in the garage. Um, Accessed like, by a cat door, which involves yes. getting up and pushing through something and then landing on the other side and sure. then probably some steps. There's always steps usually down to a garage. Mm -hmm. And then it turned out that she had the four litter boxes. It's funny I'm very literal about things. If people say, you know, go on a straight line, I walk on the straight line. 
So we've been saying, you know, a, a litter box for each cat and one for the home. And she's like, okay. I'm not saying she took my advice, but that is the cat right. chat advice. Right. Okay. One for each cat and one for the house. No, but not all together, folks. And not in <laughs> right. a dark, distant garage. She had two and two. And one of them was covered. And okay. yeah. one of them had a high side. So... These cats were all uh, getting up there in years. One of them, which she had okay. rescued in Hurricane Sandy, which was which oh, I wow. had to look it up. Twenty eleven. These are all old ladies, right? Yeah. So, talk yeah. a little bit about the kind of litter box that it definitely creates a problem, but also the 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 burden on people, which is a burden that they must meet. The challenge of putting these litter boxes in safe but separate places around the house. Absolutely. Yes. Yes. So. Um, with cats, we know that resources are really important, and most conflict between cats is because of, of lack of resources. And um, unfortunately, you know, in this case, Maria thought she had enough litter boxes, but when you put the boxes side by side, I like to compare it to a difference between using a public restroom with stalls and using a private bathroom where mm -hmm. you are the only person in there, right? So we have a different sense of privacy when we're using um, a public restroom with a door that locks and we're the only person in there versus using a bathroom that has stalls and there's several other people in there at the same time. Um, and so, you know, that's kind of an analogy to help people understand that cats may not want to share um, resources, but they also don't want to be in the same places at the same time if they don't want to be. I mean, it's, it really varies cat to cat. Um, you know, some cats don't mind sharing, but you always want to give them the choice to not share. And so that's one of the key reasons we recommend um, distributing resources in different locations. But if you also think about um, cats as territorial animals or, you know, I mean, I think it's debated how territorial they are, but we know that they want to feel like they live somewhere and <laughs> they want easy access to their resources. Yeah. So, you know, you want to have, especially if you have like a large home or a multi-story home, you need those litter boxes to be easily accessible, especially if you have a senior cat. Cats are considered seniors by around 9 or 10. Then, of course, they all age differently. So some cats may be behaviorally senior, you know, at Correct. 8 or 9. Mm -hmm. So you really need to make sure that, that those litter boxes are easy for them to get to, just like we want a bathroom that's accessible to us. You know, most people with multi-story homes prefer if there's a bathroom on every floor. Yeah, right. Um, so, um, you know, really, I think people kind of forget that, you know, a 13-year-old cat is like a person in their, I can't even, like off the top of my head, 70s or 80s, right? So Easily. Um, so, you know, it, it really is a matter of, you have to share your house with your cat and make it convenient for them to access their litter boxes. And in this kind of situation with a cat who's, trying to find other acceptable places to go, possibly. I mean, the, the, I know the veterinarian mentioned some other things that might be going on, but until you rule out that there's just a problem with accessibility to the litter box, you might waste your time trying to do a lot of other Correct. things that aren't going to fix the problem. You know, that's a really yeah. good point, Michael, because we can all run off on the fingers of our hand. Well, it could be this or it could be that, or why don't you try this sure. or the other thing? And then we yep. feel it's sort of like being on double jeopardy. Okay, is this the right answer? How about that? <laughs> Did I hit the jeopardy? Because, yeah. you know, when you and I do this, which really grows out of the days when Cat Chat was live on Sirius and people called in with questions and I had no oh, preparation wow. and I didn't want to have the wow. preparation. I liked yeah. the challenge. And if something could I considered was likely medical, I always said, you know, rule it out, or it was really so complex, I'm like, I'll, I'll get back to you on that one. 
But it's it's mm -hmm. fun and exciting to be able to say, ah, you know, feel like elementary. We're Sherlock Holmes and Watson and we can figure <laughs> yeah. it out. But yeah. more important is what you're saying, the very basic issue of elimination for cats. And although all these other things could or might or should have something to do with it, until you give separated litter boxes that are the right size and shape, large enough, low enough sides, put cat attract in it, it's never a mistake. Scoop yep. it twice a day. Clean the whole yep. box, which this lady was doing a great job keeping it clean. Good. She even okay. washed out always, you know, the, the boxes. Other thing we know is when the box is out of the way for the cats, it's out of the way for the humans too. And so it's easy to skip the scooping. And, and the same is true when the box is covered. There's been actually research that shows that people with covered boxes report scoop, scooping them less frequently. And so that's another reason I don't recommend covered boxes. It's just one more step for you to yes. take the cover off and yeah, scoop it. Yeah, that's so right. And the cats don't easy. like, and the cats don't want to be trapped in there. Very few cats. We think, oh, we're giving them that private bathroom. No, you're actually sticking them in a dark hole where another cat could stick their head in, not even meaning any harm, like, hey, is this stall occupied? Yike. And you're right in yep. the middle of squatting. I mean, it's yep. not ideal. It's not going to make you think, this is a safe place to do this. Because yep. animals, when they're eating, right, they're vulnerable. And when they're, yep. and when they're, and when they're eliminating, they're vulnerable in the wild or any animal. Yep. You know, you're vulnerable. Absolutely. Yeah. And I'm not a big fan of the garage for the litter boxes for various reasons. I mean, especially if people use it for their cars, like they're driving in and out. Um, often the wa washer and dryers out there, the heater for the water or the you know, there's just a lot of like noises and just dank and unpleasant in general. They're usually colder or, yes. like, not, or hotter, right? They're not That's right. insulated yeah. compared to the house. So, um, so it's just not really my favorite place. People the, love it because uh, they don't have to look at the litter box. Right. But, and she was not putting her cars in, but I, I, the only thing, good thing to okay. say about a garage from a cat's point of view is there could be a mouse. So, I mean, that's the bonus, <laughs> but yeah. you're not going there looking for lunch. You're going there to empty your bladder or bells. So I think that that's really wonderful advice. I just wanted to ask your professional opinion about a couple of things that the vet had recommended, meaning well. I mean, it's great that this vet was being creative. Sometimes yeah. vets will say, no, kind of thing, you know. But he, he thought that, um, that she should put the cat's food dish where the cat had, on the area rug where the cat had been peeing, because, quote, unquote, a cat doesn't go where they eat, which didn't work. Mm -hmm. The cat still peed there. Right. Where does that idea come from? It, that comes from yeah, puppy I mean, training in a crate, which, it does, it, which isn't yeah. always necessarily true either. You know, it's, it's one of those things that does have some basis in natural animal behavior in that, you know, animals do tend to not want to contaminate their nest. They don't want to um, soil where they eat because evolutionarily it would, it would be dangerous, right? right you don't want right. to um, contaminate your food with disease or, you know, maybe if you have puppies or kittens or whatever. Um, you know, the, the question is whether or not, um, a, first of all, you would really need to clean the area with a very effective enzyme product for um, an animal to want to eat where they pr previously soiled. So, um, there may be more effective ways of changing an animal's relationship to an area, like giving them a scratching outlet there or playing with them with toys there. Um, but if they can still smell the urine, then they're probably going to return. And so then you're kind of asking um, the animal, the cat, to eliminate or eat where they've eliminated. And, and now it's... Oh, and now you've increased their stress. 
Exactly. And they, and probably what will happen is if they do decide to eat there, they're just going to choose a different place to eliminate. You're just shifting the problem because, again, you're not addressing the cause of the problem. Right. So um, to me, I'm always like, why is the cat not using the litter box in the first place? Um, rather than, again, trying to throw a bunch of spaghetti at the wall with like, yeah, you know, possible explanations of what might be motivating the behavior. It's like, let's rule out one thing at a time, starting with the most likely candidates for the problem and like I said there's a lot of problems with litter box here so I would always start there um you know in in this case based on what was described well that's really good advice because otherwise it's sort of like when medical doctors with humans or with animals but with us I think some of us have been through it where they say well let's try this medication or change Mm -hmm. this thing let's say you have a sleep problem or something but you can't Mm -hmm. change four things you can't take melatonin and go to bed later and you know (laughs) drink the hot milk and read a boring book to see if you'll sleep right you have to do one thing at a time and give it time to see if that's going to solve the problem that is the best way to do it now I mean, I can't say I've never had cases where it was just like, you know, we're just going to throw every possible thing right. at this and hope something works because we really want this cat to stay in their home. But right. um, but you also don't want to send people on kind of a wild goose chase and, and potentially send them to things that are not likely to be as effective as quickly without addressing the you know, the elephant in the room, yeah, which like really said, good point. litter boxes. Yeah. And it, and it does take patience. I did say to her, get back in touch with me in two weeks. So now it'll be another okay. week. And I hope that, I mean, I, you know, it was, I was focused on the litter box. So I'm hoping that yeah. not having to go through the, the length of the house, through a cat door, up and down stairs, dark garage with banks of, mm-hmm. of litter boxes, two of which are probably not even all that useful to her may in fact do the trick. So another question that that came up because it was very interesting, questions I hadn't necessarily considered, but you consider all these questions all the time, is that she feeds them all next to each other in a separate food Mm -hmm. bowl. And she said food areas, so I don't know how far apart they are, maybe a foot or not 12 feet. And which uh, they start when I put down their food, but then they rotate. Now, in a in a mm-hmm. pack of of dogs or other kinds of animals that eat and 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 hunt and so forth in packs originally, you would stay with your food. And if you're pushed yeah. aside, it's <laughs> not rotation. Someone's coming to eat your dinner, people. Is that what sure. you think is true with cats too? No, well, you know, if you look at cats hunting lifestyle, right? They hunt yes. very small animals that are too small to share. So, right. so eating together is a very human thing, and um, we tend to project that onto our cats and um, request that they eat together, even if that may not be natural and may be stressful for them. Now, certainly, some cats again choose to share or may swap bowls they want to know what's that cat getting that i might not be getting there's a lot of fomo in the kitty world um <laughs> but again giving them the choice to eat separately ideally in separate rooms if not at least several feet apart um, does give them a little peace and quiet and ability to eat without stress of being pushed away or threatened i mean sometimes uh, you know, conflict between cats can be very subtle and you may not notice that one of the cats is being intimidated by exactly. another. You think they just walked away by choice because right. the cats didn't fight. But no, they, that could have been a moment of stress, a moment where that cat decided, do I want to fight for my food or will I just walk That's away? Right. You know, I'm just going to walk exactly away. That's exactly well so, said. 
It's, yeah. it's sort of like in the restaurant where we all are happy to eat together, and there's always <laughs> that person with the stabbing fork from across the table. Hey, can I try your French fries? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And you yeah, didn't like, have no. a, a choice, and you didn't offer to share them, and you're not thrilled. <laughs> but what are you going to do, ruin the dinner? So, sure. you know, sure. if they put their greasy fingers all over it, maybe you don't even want your French fries anymore. So you'll just say, well, I'm done anyway, but you weren't. I don't think that cats, if they have a hearty appetite and are not being fed a bunch of dry kitty crack in between their nice wet meals, are really like, no, that's okay. That's fine. You finish off the nice portion, the nice the, the, the nice morsel I was saving for my last yummy bite. So Yeah, and I'm a big fan of um, the SureFeed microchip-activated feeders for oh. situations where you have one cat who eats really fast and then you have another cat who oh, would prefer to like that. eat a small amount and come back. So that can be a really great way to manage cats with different kind of speeds of eating or appetites and allows um, some cats to graze um, if they choose while other cats can, you know, as I call them, be vacuum cleaners. Um, yes, that's so, a really great yeah. point because, oh, yeah. wow, I didn't know. So it's a sure feed feeder and the cat wears a little, it's a microchip or a collar with a chip that lets only um, that cat in to eat for when, when they want to. Either. They they send you a tag, but it also, you can program your cat's microchip into it. And you can oh also my program God. multiple cats microchip into one machine it's amazing i love it oh I my god them. i can't wait to learn more about it yeah. maybe we'll do a show yeah. about that that's that's actually really thrilling because i have dogs being entirely different species with entirely different habits but mm-hmm. Maisie, the older dog who's a very reluctant slow eater it mm. you know you have to give her a whole conversation about why you didn't feed her rat poison today and it really the cheese you put on top Aww. is you know, she's just got a real <laughs> issues about eating and Wanda will just hoover down her food and then stand by mm-hmm. politely like breathing down her neck in a sense that's how I see it and Maisie always walks away and leaves her some bites and I don't know is that you know a dog pack thing she's more like the mama dog and she leaves bites for the baby dog Whatever it is, I keep Wanda from going in there until I say to Maisie, are you sure you don't want the rest? And she'll <laughs> right, look up and right. say, "Now nah, you're right. I should finish that off. So it's great. We will have a feeder conversation next oh, time yeah. around. That's a great topic. Thank you for bringing light to all these things. And I hope to bring you back some very positive news about Molly's new habits with her own so catatract-filled, low-sided, large litter box in a place where she feels safe to do her thing and just get on with her day. Thank you, Dr. Michael. Thank you, Tracy. Thank you for listening. I hope this conversation has deepened your understanding and appreciation of cats everywhere. It's been brought to you by Dr. Elsie's Precious Cat, which created their own clean protein cat foods inspired by the protein levels found in a cat's natural prey to better satisfy a cat's appetite with ingredients naturally intended for her body. 90% of the protein in clean protein is animal-based, not plant-based, as in many cat foods, which can compromise cats' health. Clean protein is the first dry cat food I can personally recommend as a healthy choice, although I always hope that wet food will be your cat's primary diet. Thanks again for being here.